and welcome to the Bikers Church Midrand Podcast. It's great to have you join us for this week's episode. We hope that you find this valuable for your daily life. Good morning, church. So good to be with you this morning. As Vanna said, a special welcome to all the MET students. It is um, fantastic to have you here with us. Just a bit of a disclaimer on if you hear a hum coming from this side of the the, the congregation this morning, um, it's not because people are being rude and speaking during the service. There's a translator and several translators that are busy translating the message to them. So we thank them for what they do. Thank you so much, guys. We love what you're doing all over Africa. We love you guys. Yeah. All right. If you are visiting with us this morning, my name is Ramon, and it's just so good to have you here with us. If you have been with us for the last couple of weeks, You'll know that we, we kind of approaching the end of a series called Armor. And, um, the, the series is taken from one of Paul's letters to one of the churches that he, that he wrote to, and specifically the church in Ephesus. And as he writes this letter to this church, he pretty much writes this letter and he speaks to them about, about how to live well, how to, how to live a good life, but specifically how to live a godly life. And he does that for about five chapters. And then in chapter six, right at the end, he shifts gears and he starts to speak about some other stuff. And he starts to, to, to say things like, we need to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And then he clarifies why he says it. He, he, he even goes on to say, that we need to put on an armor, that we put a, need to put on an armor. And we said it's not a physical armor, but, it, but it's really these godly defenses that we need to build into our lives. And the reason why we need these godly defenses is because he goes on to talk about something called the strategies of the devil. And that there are these strategies of the enemy of your soul, that you have an enemy, and that he's out to pretty much make sure that he sees your destruction. So, so Paul says to us, we need to put on these, these godly defenses and that we should stand firm as a result. He goes on to, to kind of lay them out for us. And the first defense that he says we should put on is truth. And if you were here, you, you'd know that we spoke about the who of truth. That Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. That, that we should put on Christ every day. That our lives should be Christ-centered daily. And we do that by engaging with His Word. By, by, by getting into His Word. By studying His Word. By making His Word a part of our lives. So by memorizing His Word. And we challenged ourselves as a congregation that for the next 52 weeks, for those of you who aren't sure how long that is, that's one year, um, we would challenge ourselves to, to memorize a scripture a week. So that by the end of that year, if ever the enemy of your soul would try to come and lie to you or try to come and accuse you, that you would be able to step up with this godly defense in place and be able to reply with the truth 
of who God is in your life and what he's done and doing in your life. Now, before I get too excited, we've had a bit of fun with that over the last couple of weeks. And today is no different. However, for those of you who are here and you do know how this works, you'll see there are no hampers standing here by me. It's because we've changed things up a little bit. We've got really, really nice gifts for folks. So right now, I need to ask, if you know this week's memory truth, if you've memorized this week's memory truth, there we go, Bradley, come on up. I need two more people. Who, who else? Who else? Sorry, I've got a glare going on here. Who else? Bradley, are you going to, dude, you're about to score in massive ways. Is it just Bradley? It is just Bradley. Dude, I hope you love milkshake, man. <laughs> All right, Bradley, hit us. Morning, everyone. Um, faith is hearing. That is hearing the good news of Christ. Amen. Romans ten seventeen. Bradley, I've got six vouchers for milkshake. And they are yours. Congratulations. (laughs) All right. So the first first defense that Paul tells us to put on is is truth. But he carries on and he he says that the second second piece of defense that we should put on is righteousness. Righteousness. That we should put on righteousness. And this isn't our own righteousness. This isn't man-made righteousness. This isn't self-righteousness. But that this is God's righteousness. How do we put on God's righteousness? By, By developing a grateful heart. By being grateful. By saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you for for who you are in my life. Thank you for what you've done in my life, Lord. Lord, I, I thank you for, 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 for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your care, Lord. Lord, I thank you that because of what Jesus did on the cross, <laughs> I am in right standing with you. That's how we put on his righteousness. He went on to say that the next piece of armor is, is peace. That we should slip into these sneakers of peace that he said we should we should put on peace and we we saw that through it how do we put on peace we put on peace by keeping our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith and then last week Vanna spoke so well about putting on faith where Paul says to us, the next piece of defense is to put on faith. And we put on faith, faith by, pu- by putting our trust in God. And by trusting His character. That He loves us, that He's faithful, and that what He says He's going to do, He's going to do. Alright. So all of these godly defenses for our lives, we need to, we need to choose them daily. Can we see that? These aren't things that you kind of make a once-off decision and then they're just automatically there, right? If only. (laughs) But that these are things that we have to choose every day. And I want to say this, the next piece of defense that he speaks of 
is the exact same. It's something that we need to choose every day. So let's go look at what he said. We, we, we find it in Ephesians 6 and verse 17. He says, put on salvation as your helmet. Finally, a piece of armor we can like relate to. All right. <laughs> put on salvation as your helmet. Now, for a lot of us sitting here, you may be thinking, okay, the message just ended because I'm, um, you know, salvation. <laughs> you know, Ramon, we've kind of done that. Um, that's why we're here this morning. Um, I've, I've had my come to Jesus moment. So what's the next one? But I find this interesting. I, I, I find that when I, when I read this, when we read this letter to the church <laughs> in Ephesus, we got to pay attention that he's writing to the church. So he's, he's not saying here, uh, you, he, he recognizes that he's not speaking to a group of people who haven't had an encounter with Jesus. No, he's, he's actually recognizing that he's speaking to a group of people that have had an encounter with Jesus, that have started to engage with, with his life-changing love in their lives. But still he says, put on salvation. To understand, for us to understand what he's really saying to us in this moment, I, I feel like we need to go and have a, 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 just a look at what he, what he wrote to the church in Philippi. And Paul says this, he says, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it is even more important. And then hear this. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. You know, it reminds me of the story of this guy who's just, he's just driving along in traffic and um, the light changes, goes to orange, it's green, it goes to orange. And um, he's close enough that he could get through, but he figures, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop. So he slows down and he stops. Now, the majority of you sitting here this morning are already irritated by the story because you're like, he could have gone. Come on, he could have gone. Yeah. But he stops, and the lady behind him was anticipating that he was going to get through, okay? That he was going to go through, but he doesn't. So in her anxiousness, as she got onto the gas, she realized I need to swap pedals. She gets onto the, onto the brake, and as she hits the brake, I mean, the cell phone goes flying off her ear, coffee out of her hand, the makeup's just flown all over the, 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 the windscreen. I mean, it's just pandemonium inside that car. And as she is super angry, she just flies off the handle at this dude. She's just like blankety blank and you should have blankety blank. And I mean, signs are flying and she's cussing and cursing this dude from top to bottom. And as she's halfway through her little rant, she hears this tap on the window. And as she looks over, here's a cop 
with a gun pointed right at her. And she is like, what is going on? And he tells her, get out of the car. She gets out of the car. He cuffs her, arrests her, put her in the car, takes her off to jail, fingerprints her, does her whole, you know, mugshot vibe, puts her into a cell and leaves her there for a couple of hours. Finally, he comes back to her, unlocks the door, you know, lets her out and says, I'm so sorry, ma'am, this was a terrible mistake. And he says, you know, I was behind you when the guy in front of you stopped. And, and when I saw you cursing the guy and signing the guy and flipping him off and, you know, doing all that, my eye caught the back of your car. And I saw you had a little fish on the back of your car. And I saw underneath that was a what would Jesus do sticker. (laughs) And I came to a very natural conclusion that the car had to be stolen. But I think that speaks into what Paul was saying here. I really believe that that speaks into what Paul was saying here. Uh, You see, see, what Paul was saying here was that as Jesus' followers, there should be results to our salvation. There should be evidence of our salvation. Isn't that true? What he was saying was that obeying God with deep reverence and fear brings about evidence of his existence in our lives. Then he goes on to say that that when when we obey God and when we allow him into all these areas of our lives, that God is constantly working in you and working in me. And that as he works, he does something quite incredible. He gives us a new desire. And as he gives us this new desire, he also gives us the power to live it out. And to, as he said there, to do what pleases God. And I believe that this is what Paul meant when he said, put on your salvation. That we put on our salvation daily by making decisions that please God. And that as he works in us, that he starts to give us the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Here's my question. If we're honest, how many of us do this on a daily basis? How many of us actively would wake up in the morning and say, man, Lord, this morning, may, may there be evidence of my salvation as I engage with people. Lord, this morning, may you just be so real in my life that as I speak to people and as the guy in front of me stops when I really feel he should have gone, Lord, that the overflow would be evidence of you and not evidence of me. But, but why do we slip into that space of apathy where we don't really 
you know, we're just kind of lazy about it. Here's why I believe. It's because I believe that so often our definition of salvation is something along the lines of that somewhere, once upon a time, we prayed a prayer, we said some words, and now it's done. Now I can carry on living the way that I was living. You see, folks, when we talk about salvation, salvation is the fact that Jesus bought you and I. He paid a price that we couldn't pay. He bought you and I out of the slave market of sin. He he bought us out of slavery and invited us in to his family where we become sons and daughters of the Most High God. That is what our salvation is. We can't do it within our own strength. It is a gift from God. But you see, rather than taking up our means to freedom every day, we remain in the thinking of a slave. See, Paul again Speaking to the folks in, in Galatians, he says, he says, it's for freedom's sake that you have been set free. See, salvation is so much more than just saying some words and then it's done. Because if I, if I look at what Jesus said about salvation, Jesus looks at the crowd and he says to them, if any of you want to come after me, if any of you want to come after me, then you need to deny yourself. You need to take up your cross daily and follow me. You see, folks, that's a statement of belief. Not just words, but the actions that follow. The heart intent that follows. So Paul says to us, Put on salvation as your helmet. Now, like I said in the beginning, finally a piece of equipment that we can relate to. Um, what's the purpose of a helmet? Whether you ride a motorcycle, I know we've got some horse riding folk in the church. We've got some cyclists. There we go, the horsey people. Woo-hoo. Awesome. What is the purpose of a helmet? To protect your pretty face to a degree. There's truth to it. If you have a pretty face, um, I'm fine. I'm I'm safe. Don't don't have the pretty face. Um, but is it to protect your head? <laughs> kind of. The truth be told, a, a helmet is there to protect what's in your head. Isn't that the truth? So Paul's not talking here about wearing a helmet so that we can protect our heads. No, he's talking about putting on this helmet to protect what's in our head. Not to protect our our structure, but in order to protect our thinking. So why would it be so important to protect our thinking? Well, Again, Paul writing to the church in Rome, he he pleads with us and he says this. He says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you 
into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So God transforms us into these free, new, alive children of God in a a world that is absolutely riddled with bondage and brokenness and death. And the process starts in our thinking. and, And ultimately what Paul is saying is, this is worth protecting. But I love Paul. He doesn't just kind of tell us what to do. He, he gives us these tools as to how do I go about it. And Paul, Paul says to us this. He says, he says in 2 Corinthians 10.5, he says, he says, We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Other translations say that we take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What's Paul saying? He's saying when all these thoughts want to come our way, we need to arrest them. We need to take hold of them. We shouldn't let them grow. We shouldn't let them run wild. No, we should take them captive. You may be saying, Ramon, do you understand how many thoughts I have in a day? Like, how do I pick the one out from the other? Well, he, he gives us some insight. And for those of you who, mid-year, you may have taken part in our 21-day challenge where we, where we really try to just engage with the Word of God and, and, and change the way that we think. And it comes right back to that in Philippians 4 verse 8 where Paul says, Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And Paul's saying, arrest the thoughts that need to be arrested, but think on these things. And when you think on these things, ladies and gentlemen, we start to think like free men and free women. But the enemy of your soul knows that if he can distract you from thinking this way, then he can lead you right back into thinking as a slave. It's amazing when we, when we look at when slavery was abolished in, in the UK in, um, in 1833. Men and women were set free out of slavery. They were slaves one day and the next day they were released as free men and free women. And they were sent on their merry way. And what they found was that these men and women kept living as slaves. Why? Because they still thought like slaves. I wonder, as the worship team comes up this morning, what areas of life does your thinking still resemble the thinking 
of a slave. Thinking that has you bound. You see, slavery or slave just means the legal property of another. In, In your thinking today, where are you still the legal property of another? Maybe it's as a result of your, your sin or the guilt attached to it or, 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 or the shame attached to it that you've never really dealt with. Maybe you are still the, the legal property of another because of, because of unforgiveness. And somewhere along the line, someone did something to you or someone did something to a loved one of yours and you, you've, you've just never really been able to let it go. And as a result, you've given this person space in your life rent-free all these years. It's an old saying that says, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Or maybe, maybe you're still the legal property of another because of certain attitudes that you've, that you've built up and you, you're still the legal property of these attitudes that you've, that you've held for the longest time. And ultimately, to just say it bluntly, your stinking thinking has led to a rotten attitude. And, and, and as a result, you've, you've not been able to progress at work. It's held you back. You've not been able to, to really find traction in relationships. It's held you back. Maybe your hard-headedness has prohibited you from moving forward in life. Maybe you stole the legal property of your own past, whether it be your sin or your your unforgiveness or whatever it may be but maybe it's also because you still look at your past as the good old days somewhere along the line you you said the prayer and you you ask for forgiveness from all that stuff but when you talk about it you glorify it like it's it's something that people should admire when the truth be told it's it's hurtful and harmful and 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 so damaging and you've never been able to move forward as a result of it. Maybe you stole the legal property of another because of your hatred, because of your own racism, because someone with a darker tan than you or a lighter tan than you is somehow less human than you or, 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 or less worthy of love, less worthy of grace, less, less worthy of of the displayment of the heart of God towards them. And because of this, you know that you've never really been able to become the full version of who God has created you to be. And all of this because somewhere you you prayed a prayer, you said some words, you believed it was done, you've been waiting for the magic to happen. But nothing progressed beyond praying a prayer. And today you heard that freedom isn't found in the words alone. It's not just found in this one sort of decision. Don't mishear me this morning. I cling to the grace of God for my life. 
but I also realize that His grace will produce stuff in my life. That freedom according to what Jesus said is for us to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily and follow Him with complete abandon. that is really just putting on our salvation every day so over the last couple of weeks we've 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 had some action steps that we've taken week one we 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 started to memorize God's truth for our lives week two we we started to to really intentionally develop an attitude of gratitude towards God thanking him for for who he is and what he does Week three, we spoke about about, um, keeping our focus on Jesus and again intentionally started taking steps to do that. Week four, as Vanna preached uh, last week, we started to really trust the character of God. And this week, what is our action step? How, how How do we take steps towards this? each and every single one of us for us to make the decision to obey God for us to make the decision to obey God to not get stuck in a space of apathy but to recognize that Jesus said you honor me with your lips but your hearts are far from me that we will stop just saying the words but that we will start to honor God with our lives as we obey Him. Recognizing that He is constantly at work in us. And that we have the freedom to ask Him and say, Lord, will you come and replace these desires with your desires? Lord, will you come and empower me to come and live out actions that are pleasing to you we need to make that decision we need to make the decision to obey God and as we do that folks what we're doing is we are allowing God to transform you in the way that you think that he transforms us into alive new free men and women so this morning what areas of your life what areas of your thinking still resembles the thinking of a slave can the world around you see as as Paul said the the evidence of your salvation see folks these results this evidence the results of our salvation is the fact that we are not slaves that we are free that 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 we get to function in the authority of God because you see slaves have no authority but when we when we live in a space where we give God complete reign in our lives 
we step into a space where we are his sons and his daughters and we walk and live in the authority not our authority but his authority in our lives I don't know where you're at today but God does and you do and right there you're welcome to just bow your head I'm not going to call anyone up I'm not going to ask anyone to raise hands this morning I really just want you to do business with God right there in your seat where you're saying this morning I I need to make a couple of decisions there are areas where I've been living with the mindset of a slave where I've still been enslaved by X, Y and Z because of the way that I've been thinking And this morning, Lord, this morning, I want to make decisions that honor you. I want to make decisions of obedience to you, Lord. I want my heart to come in line with your heart this morning, Lord. Lord, this morning, I recognize that you are at work within me, Lord. And this morning, I I ask that you come and replace these desires, Lord. Come and and give me the strength in the moments where I need to, Lord, where I can just honor you. And if that's you this morning, I just want to pray a very simple prayer. You don't have to repeat it after me. You can just say the words in your seat if you want. But more than anything, just do business with God in your seat right now. I'm going to pray this in the first person. Father God, I just, I thank you for this morning, Lord. I thank you for what you want to do in our lives, Lord. Lord, I thank you for for your grace that's on our lives because of what Jesus did on the cross and nothing else, Lord. Father God, I thank you. Lord, that this morning we, we know that you have so much more for us, Lord. That your greatest desire is for us to to be in a loving relationship with you, Lord, to honor you with our very lives, Lord. Lord, today I thank you that we can come to you, Lord, that I can come to you today and say that I put on your salvation daily, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you promised that you are working in me And that as I choose to take up my cross and to follow you, Lord, to obey you, Lord. Lord, that you give me the desire and the power to do what pleases you. And Lord, that I can live in your freedom and walk in your authority as your child. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And if you agree, just say amen. Amen. We trust that you found this message valuable. For more information on who we are or how you can get involved, please check out our website at bikerschurchmidrand.co.za or connect with us through social media on Facebook or Instagram. Beyond that, have a great day.